With a focus on innovation, disruption, and digital transformation, the Startup or Start Over podcast aims to provide insights, tools, and resources for every level of employee to help in reinventing the enterprise. Now, here's your host, Andrew Krausick. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew from the Startup or Start Over podcast. And today I have Paul Sheves on the program uh, to talk about uh, investable idea success. So what do I even mean by that? And uh, I'll just do a little quick intro there, and then I'll, I'll introduce Paul and we can start the podcast. But really, in my experience, um, there's no shortage of good ideas within an organization. Uh, in, in many of the organizations that I've been in, lots of people have ideas, innovative ideas about you know how they can help disrupt, transform the company, all sorts of you know ideas spanning the spectrum of, of whatever you're, you could think of. But however, I've seen more often than not, those ideas just kind of die on the vine because there's not an ability to sell the idea internally or get the right people involved to clearly communicate why the organization should invest in that opportunity. So I've had the opportunity to work with Paul in the uh, current company that I'm working with, and uh, he has a real great view on, on on this topic, which is why I invited him over to the show. Uh, Paul, uh, how you doing? Hey, I'm great, Andrew. Thanks for uh, having me on. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, uh, to, to join. So, Paul, I just, uh, you know, I know you. We've worked together. Could you just give a little bit of background of, you know, who you are? How did you get where you are? And what do you do on a day-to-day basis uh, and for the audience? Sure thing. When I was in high school, my parents bought us a computer. Didn't buy any games, so I had to make my own. That launched me into programming. I, I graduated as an engineer, but I did a bunch of startups. And toward the end of the third startup, I started cold calling CEOs and presidents got our biggest three accounts and that got me into management consulting. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in management consulting ever since, Uh, you know, program management, product development, product ownership, product management, um, anything. And and usually technology, but sometimes other, other products like, like insurance products. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And I love it. And in the last 10 years I've been, you know, I've, I always thought I would either write a book or teach college. Well, none of of those are happening. (laughs) So, so I'm, I'm kind of developing a a, kind of a a knowledge base that I can teach others and, and, and then keep learning too, because this is just such a changing world, especially now. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, the changing world in, in all, all different, different ways, right. Then some, some we didn't expect and some, I think we did, did expect, um, from your perspective in, you know, some of the companies that you've been involved in and working in, um, you know, on the, on this topic of ideas and turning ideas into some sort of reality, like why, why in general are those ideas so hard to get funded or, or just <laughs> get moved along, I guess, in, in a process? Oh my, yes, that's a great question. And so think of a hundred pounds of potatoes, right? In a 10 pound sack. So there are a hundred pounds of ideas, but but to get to get the ideas, uh, you know, pitched and funded and executed, only ten pounds of those hundred pounds are going to get it. So there's a lot of competition. It's kind of like getting your idea funded on Shark Tank. 
there's a, there's a competition. So most of the ideas out there aren't going to get funding because there's only room, right, yeah. for, a, for a small set. And so that's, that's why, first of all. But then second of all, it, once they get funded or, or they get close, there are a lot of other landmines that are, are just sitting there waiting <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to blow you up. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's every step of the way, there's, there's stuff that, uh, you know, you, you kind of learn through experience. And, uh, you know, I, that's, that's the only reason why we're doing what we do is because it's hard. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen, I mean, I, I've been at different organizations that have different kind of methodologies around, you know, even trying to, you know, have that culture of innovation within the organization. Right. And, and there are like um, contests, innovation contests, all these sorts of things. But I mean, that doesn't even necessarily need to happen. Right. There's people have good ideas and they just, you know, don't know how to take that thing and get it to that next level, even, you know, even before it gets into the, the hundred pound sack of potatoes, right? Like how do you even get it in the, in, in the potato sack? Um, and what, I mean, what are your thoughts there? And I know you have like a whole kind of framework for framing up all of this. And, and I want to mm-hmm. eventually get to you really elaborating on that, but you know, in that initial stage of the ideation, uh, you know, to execution, uh, timeline, I guess, like where, where do things fall apart? Do they fall apart right away or they fall apart because at the end of the day, you don't, you can only fund 10 pounds and you have a hundred and you know, right. The idea wasn't communicated clearly enough or the value wasn't community communicated clearly enough, you know, to make an Mm -hmm. investment decision happen right in, in the organization. That's a big one. And, and yes, you are absolutely right. So you know, coming up to funding that, that whole from, you know, Hey, someone's got an idea, right. To, Hey, we should pitch this idea to, Hey, we should put together a project charter. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, you know, all those steps and, Oh, we should gather requirements or, Hey, uh, we should figure out what the benefits of this are, are going to be so we can sell it. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so I've got a little analogy that'll, that'll help. So picture two shapes, a bell and a funnel, okay? So the bell represents the wrong way to do it once you have an idea. And the funnel is a better way uh, based on what I've learned. So what is the, what is the bell? So at the, think, at the top of the bell, you've got an idea. So put a light bulb up there, right? So yeah, yeah big idea, we got, we're gonna make an app. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, immediately, the bell widens, right? And what is that? That's called, uh, that's the scope bomb. <laughs> I call it a scope <laughs> bomb because the first thing people want to do is start, get, you know, get a workshop together, get, get the stakeholders together, gather requirements, right? Because we need estimates. So we've got to figure out what this is going to cost, right? Yeah. And, and around the, the, that initial requirements gathering, you get expectations set. You, you, people start anchoring on on how big this is going to be. And, and then, after that bell widens and you get your requirements, it widens even more because now you got estimates, right? And and people anchor on those estimates and and you don't want to, you know, you get everybody together and nobody wants to be left out. You don't want to leave anybody out. So you got everything in your requirements list, right? And and they think because they're requirements, they're all required. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's baked so, into the name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And so the bell widens and, and as you get into, you get maybe funded, you, 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 you get prototype, you, you know, so at the bottom of the bell, you've got this massive area covered, right? The big round bottom of the bell and your, your business outcome target is somewhere, some little spot under the bell. And you're going to hit it because, yeah. because you've, you know, you covered all scenarios and with the bell, you know, you've spent a lot of money. So think about the funnel now. So with the funnel, you don't start with requirements. You start with uh, a value model. So what's a value model? A value model is a, a, is a business case uh, for your idea that you research and, and the value model is, it could be a spreadsheet, whatever, but with the value model, you are able to communicate uh, the range of upside for the idea. If, it's, if it works like you think it's going to work, the range of risk, the range of cost. Okay, even before you start gathering requirements, you have a high level idea of what the problem is, what the solution would be and how you'd solve it and all that. And, but with the value model, you get very specific on exactly how you're going to measure the value contribution of this investment to the business outcome. For example, increasing sales. Mm-hmm. So you get, let's say you get 20%. If this thing works, we're going to get 20% more sales next year over a 12 month period. And maybe, you know, it's other factors, but maybe we're going to credit this investment for a third of that. Right. So this investment, if, if we increase sales by 20% gets credit for, a third of 20%. And you get very specific on that. And, and that value model and that story and those assumptions is what you sell to uh, the, the, the team that's going to you know, approve this for the next step or not, right? Sure, sure. So, so, so the funnel is, is wide at the top, but it gets very narrow because you get very specific about the business outcome, how you're going to measure uh, the value that created, who it's going to be credited to, and all that stuff. And so once you get agreement, heads nodding, uh, let's go forward on a, on a value model, which bakes in your assumptions, bakes in a lot of things, then and only then you start gathering requirements, right? Because your target is completely smaller than with the bell. And so by the time you get down to the end of the funnel and you get funded, you all your development work, all of your spend, all of your resources have gone to a very, very tight uh, targeted spot below the funnel yeah and you hit it right and, it, and it's 80 to 90 percent less expensive than the bell approach so so that's an example of how the the first landmine which is hey uh don't do requirements before you do a value model do the reverse that yeah and that will save save you you know on average 80 percent of your cost and risk how's yeah. that no i mean that definitely makes sense and i was just <laughs> recently part of, uh, uh, you know, an idea, <laughs> um, that mm-hmm. someone yep. had that, uh, that basically followed the bell shape, uh, that mm-hmm. you just talked about, because, you know, it, it, we did not lead with that value, uh, the value model that you're talking about, right? It was like, oh, that's a good idea. Well, let's talk to these people and this team and that team. And next thing you know, you know, the, 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 the scope got so large, the cost mm-hmm. got so large that at the end of the day, like you couldn't, you couldn't make a 
you know, a rational argument for anybody to invest <laughs> the money because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like boiling the ocean, right. And, and versus, right. you know, boiling a little thing <laughs> for your coffee uh, to start with. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I was, and it was months and months and months, right. Of this whole process. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it just, you know, up two levels done. Right. And, and, and mm-hmm. didn't, didn't move along because exactly what you're saying. That makes, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Great. I got one more for you. So most people think of funding projects, right? You fund an initiative. We're going to, you know, it's going to be a million dollars. Okay. We're going to commit a million dollars to this initiative. Go. And then it's like waterfall, you know, it, it could yeah. be agile or whatever, but it's like one shot. And, and so the trend now is you don't fund projects, you fund experiments. So you get your value model, you get your proposal, you get your funding, but your funding is not to do the whole thing. Your funding is to do experiments to get to a prototype. And if that goes well, uh, maybe a little more funding to get through a pilot test of an MVP mm-hmm. because you got to prove your value hypothesis. Because with your value model, you've got a value hypothesis. If this, then that, right? So during your experimentation phase and, and your prototype phase and your pilot phase, you have an opportunity to prove that out. And if it proves, great, get more money and, and keep going. Or, you know, but most people make the mistake of assuming just because we got funded is a sure thing. And it's it's not. Yeah, no, you're right. And I was just going to say exactly what you just said, right? The, the <laughs> assumption going into it is like, it'd be a success if we get the money and we get the approval, right? Versus, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you know, how many startups fail, how many, like all, all the, 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 the actual chances of that, uh, you know, are, are more likely to not <laughs> succeed right right? um exactly and that i guess that that's a good way to put it too because you're kind of you're setting the expectations a little bit differently right and and you're right and you're kind of i don't know like not not spacing out the spend but you're you're breaking off more manageable chunks of, of 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 money and resources and time to prove out what you're just saying right and and is the thesis correct is there you know or is this just um you know it not right or we have to adjust it before we go and i guess that's that plays into all the whole you know in high performing organizations failing fast right so realizing right. where you know you're wasting money and what you need to adjust or pivot or change uh yeah and that that totally that that also <laughs> makes a lot of sense <laughs> right it's a it's a you've got a, a portfolio and that i mean that case the more ideas you got going the better right yes Yes, because you're diverse and and you're culturally making it safe to be on a team that probably is working on a, a bad idea. Yeah, because <laughs> because they're not going to get any far. They're they're going to celebrate not taking it too far and wasting resources, and they're going to move on to something else. They're they're going to get really good at this stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Cool. The the other thing just on that that I think uh, often probably scares people in, in a lot of ways too is if you do fail. Right. A lot of times I've seen right away, you know, this, like you said, big project, big investment, this big thing that then all of a sudden gets tied to people's personal goals at work, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your performance things, potential bonuses and all that. And, and, you know, people make a lot of choices and decisions based on the fact that they don't want it to fail, which might, you know, just draw out the timeframe of something before everyone realizes that it is a failure. And then, you know, like all these cascading effects around it where, you know, if you, you know, approach it in the way that you're talking about and makes it 
just overall probably more um you know fun for everyone right <laughs> you're not mm-hmm. you're not you're not and people aren't uh, backstabbing each other to, to not that's get right. blamed for the you know, failures and things like that i don't know I, that at least that's my my thoughts are my experience and and how yeah. these things play out yeah the funniest thing in the world is is people who think that it's a good idea to make big commitments at the start of these things when you know the least about about yeah. you know what's what is is real and and you know what it's like and and what product market fits going to be and all that stuff because you don't you just don't know could you talk about um any examples that you've been involved in that that have gone both ways one where immediately successful full steam ahead to to it to the other you know under the spectrum where the idea was not flushed out enough and it was a failure and you needed to kind of adjust as as you went along absolutely so um there was an investment um and let's so i always start with a visionary right so because i because i'm not an expert in the business at any client sure uh right whether it's harley or jci or whatever um so I always try to, if there's someone who has an idea, my first question is, well, who's the visionary? Well, what do you mean? I mean, you know, who's the person who looked around, saw there was a problem, looked around some more, saw that it would be pretty valuable to solve, looked around to see if anybody was solving it and nobody's doing anything about it, talked to some people and said, okay, I think we got one that's worth a shot. That's the person, that's the visionary. It could be a team, but usually if you find one person that's better. So we found this one person, let's call him Zach, you know, practical purposes, who knows. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, so w- once you have your visionary, then, then you, you figure out, okay, what's the press release we're going to write when this, you know, a year from now, when, when this is working and doing great, what's that press release going to be? Because, and that takes a while, right? Sure. Uh, okay. What do, what do you mean, Paul? Uh, you know, what are you going to say about, you know, what people say about it, how it works, what impact it's had in, in terms of financial performance metrics, all that stuff. And, and that might take a while, might be easy, but you write that press release first. And we did that. And, and just like the bell in the funnel, so that, that helped us with our value model and with our funnel. So we got real narrow real quick because we took the time to write the press release. We took the time to do the value model. And uh, and we had an out, we outsourced the development to a development team who you know had questions and we could give them very specific answers on, and we had a backlog that we that we groomed based on that press release and based on what, what the the measurable business outcomes we were focused on. And we there there were many opportunities during that to get distracted. Well, what about this? What about that? And we always went back to our value model and our assumptions around the press release, um, and and then we never. You know, assumed this was going to work. We just knew the next step. We're going to prove this. Next step, we're going to prove this, and and we used some money to get through experimentation, get get through prototype, and get through a pilot. And yeah, uh, the pilot uh, indicated that we were going to actually do better than our forecast. Oh, okay. And we actually and we did. We did. I think our forecast called for like a two or three x in twelve months, and I think we did like a 
35x. Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. not just a little better. <laughs> no, it was a big, and, 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 it, and that one carried the portfolio because we had some other things going on too, uh, but it carried the portfolio. So that's an that example of a good one, right? Sure. So a bad one, literally, it was what I just talked about. Someone had an idea. Uh, we The next step was to organize a a workshop and gather requirements. Next step was to report back to the, the business and the sponsors and get, and then work with uh, architects and, and folks to get estimates and boom, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, they, there was no press release. There was no, how are we going to measure the financial performance in terms of the balance sheet or the, or the, or the income statement? Um, there was none. It was very, very squishy. Right. So, and, and there was no value model. So, so they couldn't focus because they couldn't focus. This thing was going to be like a million dollars yeah. or something. Yeah. When it was probably only worth, you know, you only re- needed maybe 10% of that to do what they wanted to do. And needless to say, they did not even get a second look because they came with such a big number and they couldn't sell it because they, they couldn't, they couldn't articulate what the target ROI was going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen that happen so often. I think as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, I've seen a couple different scenarios happen. One, in the way that you're talking, right? Um, you get in, you know, all the estimates, all that stuff, and then everybody along the way always wants to add, oh, you know, plus or minus. It's never minus. Yeah. They it's never minus. It's always like plus twenty five percent, right? So like you know, contingent. I don't know. This is just a like gut feel level zero. This that and the other thing, and it's you know, so inflate, 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 and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you know you get to the point where you have to show that to somebody, and then you have to you have to inflate your you know return on investment numbers too, because you, otherwise it just mm-hmm. you know. So they'll they'll make up stuff right and say oh and, you know the value wasn't this well it's really th- four times that because we are going to have to spend all this money and then they end up <laughs> you know either going forward and never being able to meet that you know the the metrics that they were trying to because it just would never produce that much right of value right, right? and they inflated it or like you said it just it's done because people are like, well this is way too much money to invest in this and you know the 50 other things that need to be done as well. And, and it kind of falls off. Um, mm-hmm. And, they, uh, and then there, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. go ahead. Yeah. Well, and then there's value amnesia, right? So, so yeah. you get funded, <laughs> you, you put it out there in production and all the stuff about a return on investment and how we're going to, you know, measure in nobody remembers. Yeah. <laughs> so this, you got this thing out there with this kind of an orphan investment that's, you know, got operating costs and everything year after year and and nobody is measuring or communicating or keeping score on the actual financial value being created by this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I know that that's part of some of the the framework that you have is how do you measure mm-hmm. success and how do you kind of you keep track of that? But before getting that far, did is there yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about how your, your process and methodology, you know, that, that you, that you are kind of training others on communicating out uh, how, how that works in the scope of this, um, sure. get a little deeper Absolutely. into that maybe. Yeah. Sure. So, so it's an end to end framework. So it goes from idea all the way to the value uh, being measured, you know, and, and reported financially 
so that at any point, just like a stock portfolio, you can look at your portfolio investments of technology investments and see how they're doing as of that day, mm -hmm. right? That's the vision. Um, and so, there, like I said, there are a lot of landmines in that process, and there are a lot of opportunities to kill <laughs> some the, the dogs that aren't going to make it and 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 fund the thoroughbreds. You know, someone made that analogy, um, but. But at the highest level, think of, of four, four steps or four phases uh, to go from idea to value. So, and we'll, let's call them uh, vision, strategy, design, and value. So vision, strategy, design, and value. And they, each of those phases answers a different question. So the vision phase answers the question, where do we want to go? Right. The strategy phase answers the question, well, how will we get there? The design phase answers the question, well, what will it be like? And then the value phase is answers the question, how uh, are we there yet? <laughs> sure. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. So, so kind of within those phases, there are different steps that kind of are stage gates. So you don't, do the things in the wrong order, like the bell and the funnel thing. Um, but it basically takes you from the idea to the value model, to the, the, the funding pitch you're going to make, whether you're trying to sell something to your customer or sell something internally. And then through the experimentation and prototyping and you know all that stuff to get to uh, product market fit. And then if you get there, then you get to version one of whatever it is you're, you're, you're creating. And then the, the last phase is all about you know, get scaling it, getting it into production, scaling it, iterating, uh, you know, doing your sprints and all that stuff um, and managing an, an agile product. But it works for, you know, old school waterfall also, but it's, but that, that value phase is critical uh, to iterate because you're going to continue to improve it as, uh, as you move the numbers and stuff. And, and, and surprisingly gamification is a, is a big part of this, if you can do it, because uh, if you have heard of gamification, you know that anytime you can kind of keep score in real time and, and report that either on dashboards or on apps or, uh, you know, s s with badges or levels or, you know, sure. any way that you can celebrate behavior change, any way you can celebrate, uh, you know, actual events where there's value created like a, like a, like a verbal commitment from a customer or an, an invoice was generated, you know, 10 days sooner, or uh, you got, you know, paid 30 days earlier than you usually do stuff like that. And you bake that into the system so that it keeps score on its own. Yeah. And then you can celebrate that. And, and, and that's, that's huge too. So, uh, so I encourage people with, with this framework to introduce gamification early uh, in, in the, in the list of assumptions and in the process and during design, because uh, it's it's really kind of an amplifier if if you can swing it. So that's like a little bit about the the framework. What do you yeah. think? It's, so if I'm picturing this in my head, do I picture it as a straight line? Do I picture it as a circle? Do I how do I picture oh. like these different phases of this? It's a clock. It's really. a clock. A clock. So yep, starting at twelve o'clock uh, from twelve to three. That's vision. From three to six is strategy, six to nine is design, and nine to 12 is value. 
And with the yeah. vision side of things, and that, is that where you were, you were kind of talking earlier about finding someone to kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 12 o'clock, you start with two things. You start with a visionary and you start with an idea. That's it. And you're off to the races. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in your, in your uh, experience, when, when you're applying this kind of framework and process methodology to uh, investment ideas and, and all of that, how long, I mean, are there timeframes on these that you, you typically try to, to, to kind of adhere to, I mean, like, mm-hmm. or, or, or that, what, like, what would be the expectations of this? Right. Um, Cause obviously, you know, things yeah. aren't built overnight. Processes don't mm-hmm. happen, you know, in uh, a few days as we can, uh, right, know by right. voting, so we, <laughs> counting, exactly. counting things nicely. <laughs> Some things take like, a lot longer than others, but <laughs> exactly. So, so each phase takes two to three times longer than the previous phase. So, vision, if vision takes a month, you know, strategy might take two months. If strategy takes two months, design might take four months. Then value, a good a good rule of thumb for value is that it's a year because. Uh, when you get back up to 12 o'clock, after you've gone through all the value, the, the idea is that you've you've uh, measured and, and achieved your, your targeted 12-month ROI or six-month ROI. So the value phase, of, let's call it a year, because you are running in operations, in production, whatever it is you built, and, and you're keeping score all along the way. So uh, that's a good rule of thumb. So two to three times two to three, the previous okay. phase. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, who would you say like from internally? So, um, you know, you, like you have your visionary, you have your idea, you've proved out your value, kind of talking a little bit earlier about what we were talking about strategy aspect of it, like within the organization, like typically what do you recommend on like, who do you then strategically kind of pull in at different places to do this, you know, versus the, you know, a lot of times, right, you'll get some feedback to say, oh, no, they need to, these 15 teams need to be involved at some point and all of that, like we talked <laughs> right. about, and the bell sort of thing happens and all that. Like, right. is, how, do you, how do you personally view or, or guide others on, on, on each of those steps, um, mm-hmm. you know, how to kind of move them along efficiently? That is, that is a huge point. I'm glad you brought that up because it's, there are a lot more conversations and whiteboard sessions with this framework than uh, in the way people do it otherwise. Uh, and the reason for that is because you know, in vision, you're gonna focus on the visionary talking to uh, the, the stakeholders or, or, the, or the persona of the end users. You're gonna be just having conversations about you know, either to validate the vision from the visionary or to expand on it and, and try to get to that value model, get to the other assumptions that you're going to have to defend when you're going for funding. Um, maybe you're going to baseline some things that you don't have a benchmark for yet. So you can measure the additional value contributed by the investment. Right. Uh, so vision is, is the visionary, the, the audience or the potential users of this solution, focusing on the problems they have today, uh, understanding those, not necessarily pitching anything, right? Because we don't have anything yet to pitch. Uh, getting a real good lay of the land and then encapsulating that into the value model where you're going to basically have a, a, 
a forecast of how this is gonna go in terms of cost, risk, and value created. So once you get through vision in strategy, then you're gonna you're gonna engage with the architects and maybe folks who are doing something similar with technology with you know your your big data technology or your AI or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because um, at the very the very first step in strategy is called ideate where you just get a big pile of ideas, not just around, you know, uh, what this thing could do or requirements, right? Um, But but platforms and uh, scenarios to measure product market fit and um, how, you know, ideas for how we're going to capture these these value uh, metrics that we kind of spelled out in the value model. So, and that's, you know, you're talking to finance, you're talking to the sales team, you're talking to, architects, you're talking to potential internal customers and you know, testing your ideas. And so you, you've got this big, so Marie Kondo, I don't know if your listeners know who she is, but she comes in and organizes your house and she goes, hey, you know, everything on the bed. Well, that's what this first ID, ideate step is during strategy, everything on the bed. And then the very next step is you choose, you, you go through and you, you choose just the things that are going to make it into the business model for your investment. Kind of like uh, what Uber did, right? Mm-hmm. They, they could have they could have owned these cars, but they sure. their business model they, they picked. Now we're not going to own them. We're just going to subcontract people who have cars. Anywho, so so yeah, so strategy. You know, you get those folks involved, and then you're going to get people. You're going to get business sponsors involved, the folks who are going to write the checks and approve the funding and and educate and you know, pitch them. Um, so I guess then design from from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's when you're funded. You've got funding to do some experimentation, to put together a prototype and run a pilot. And then maybe even come, you know, come, come to a, like a version one that you're going to scale. But that's all, all the, the technical teams and you're going to outsource maybe, or you're going to have a hybrid uh, and you're going to engage with your user base or your customers of, the, of this investment uh, during pilots. You're going to start recruiting those folks and uh, and then the value phase is you're you're basically scaling and iterating. So you know if you've got a product team that starts being they start engagement at 6 p.m. at the beginning of design, and they might stay engaged through the entire you know first 12 months of value. And and if if the investment is uh, you know performing, value phase uh, might last five years, 10 years, or or you might start a new investment to, to do you know version five or you know, or the next big uh, version of whatever it is. You can you can kind of play it both ways. Okay, and you know one of the things that I'm a little more interested on is on the value, you know that value phase, and you know measuring success of you know like w- whatever it is that you're doing right, communicating that back, continuing to just prove out that, you know, the investment was a good investment and we should be able to then invest more to kind of what you said, if you start over and you have a phase, whatever, build the next mm-hmm. big piece of, of, of the, of the product or the, the solution that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I think a lot of times mm-hmm. I've seen uh, multiple products within the organization that I haven't been in successfully, they bought, everyone was bought in a lot of money was spent, you know, kind of, to what you earlier earlier said, like kind of forgot what the, 
<laughs> the, the, <laughs> the value was over time, right? In production, mm-hmm. got a bunch of users, some people that are forced to use it, some people that want to use it because they do see value in what you know the product is. But then all of a sudden, a year or so later, the pull, the whole plug gets pulled because you right. know somebody doesn't see or or understand you know what what that success means from the from mm-hmm. the product. Absolutely, absolutely, because yeah, it, that happens a lot. So so during vision, uh, when you're building your value model and you you get to some kind of consensus agreement on. The, the final set of assumptions that you're going to go with when you, when you prepare your pitch. Um, during that phase, and, and some of the people involved are, are from the business, right? And, mm-hmm. and then, so getting everybody to agree, they might, and, and not just agree, not, never going to get complete consensus, but to agree to go forward with these assumptions, this messaging, and these, these metrics. Because you could pick anything, right? So get agreement from those folks, and then when you get into strategy and you're working with finance, and you know how you're gonna, you know how where in the process, maybe it's a sales process. Where are we gonna say, yep, this investment ABC gets 10% of this overage uh, you compared to last year, right? Mm-hmm. So you're negotiating there too, and so before you you you, you submit your proposal to get your funding. You've had those negotiations with, with finance and other folks who are going to be uh, agree. Yeah, this is how we're going to measure. And, and, and if you can't do that, if you can't get people envisioned to, to agree, yep, that's how we're going to measure that. Here's the baseline here. Yep. And you can't get finance to do that. Then you're right. <laughs> it's, yeah. You're going to get value amnesia and, and exactly. just plan on getting killed. Uh, but since, at the beginning, uh, you know, during vision and strategy, everybody's so excited, they will be willing to make a deal. Sure. Because, you know, and, and, and so those agreements are baked into the, 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 the options that you choose, uh, you know, after everything on the bed, now you're going to pick. And some of the things that you pick is here's how we're going to measure uh, incrementally at each, you know, I call them value events, but it could be at every sale or at every, uh, every week that a certain number of, of hours are saved because of this new automated process, right? You bake that in and then the gamification piece uh, helps you measure that in real time. So you don't have to have auditors. The system audits itself, right? So all of that leads up to during value, uh, putting value communication on autopilot because value events are being recorded automatically. And, and you can at any moment look at the system and say, Here, here's how much value was created today. Uh, you know? Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, no, that, that totally helps. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm asking some of these questions. I kind of, we, I, you know, I know, you know, what you, what you, how you approach it. Right. And I'm, I'm asking just mm-hmm. to, to pull out some more details. Um, and that totally helps. And, and you're, you're right. Like the, the thing is so often I've seen, right. Is, you know, things move on exactly what you were saying without any mm-hmm. agreement on, you know, what, what are we going to be measuring at the end of the day to, to, to say that this is successful and, right. you know, it's just left off, you know, it's, you know, some number of revenue or some number of something, but then there's not any, there's not depth in it. Right. And then it's so right. easy for someone to just say, well, 
Well, and then also management changes all the time too. And, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, I don't know what he said to her, he agreed to, or she agreed to, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. As part of this framework, do you have uh, like guide and or guide or templates, pieces of like a whole like the, the implementation side of it, right? So you have the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stages that you have the, the, you know, the different quadrants in the clock. Do you have as part of that something that a person can use to, to kind of navigate the whole process and be successful and be able to like visualize things to the, the management teams and all of that? Like, can you talk a little bit about that and in, or at least how, how you've put this all together? Absolutely. So I, I've kind of got the framework uh, out there for public domain. So anybody who wants to download a PDF that walks through the framework, they can do that. And, and we'll, I'll give you a link to that okay. uh, yeah. later. Um, uh, and then, and then they, they can, and then I, I have, I've got tools that I can teach them how to, how to build or, or just use. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to offer a, just a bunch of a combination of free training and then, and then courses and, you know, you pay for speed. Right. Sure. Uh, but, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole, uh, and, and, and this could be something that's pretty big, right. And <laughs> pretty big to swallow. And, and so usually people start, uh, with, with vision just so that, and getting to a value model and, and which then helps them with, with strategy and helps them with a business case, which is a part of every yeah. technology investment, whether you're selling something or selling internally. So you, know, you start small, but, but then you know, hey, I know that there's a, a full framework for, you know, for if we get funded sure. <laughs> that, that we, can, we can use uh, that, that you know, at a high level, it provides a, a nice vocabulary and visual to use with leadership uh, who maybe has never experienced it where you've got, you know, a uniform, a, a standard visual for every single IT investment, you know, because there are a lot of one-off. Uh, so that's, it's a high level at a, at a, at a detailed level in, in the trenches, you've got kind of a step-by-step that again is, is standard. And, and we, you know, last 10 years has taken a lot of talking to people to get it to be standard across any technology investment, but it works. And then, uh, you know, incorporate all the, you know, agile, uh, and change and change leadership. And, you know, there are like 10 different disciplines in, in that pie. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so there, there are, there are ways to start that don't cost anything that you, uh, and then you can speed it up if, if, uh, you want to. So if someone was interested in learning more, um, you know, how would they, how would they contact you to, to do that? Or is there, do you have a website or available or, mm-hmm. or yeah? Yeah. So they go to my website or they find me on LinkedIn. So uh, the website is digitalinvestmentvaluecoach.com. And if you don't remember all that, you can go to tinyearl.com slash DVC 2020. DVC 2020. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's great, and I'm assuming that you know some folks out there listening are going to want to find out some more information. And I'll just you know raise my hand and say I've talked to Paul before. I've seen I participated in one of his past webinars on kind of that uh, value curve, you know, production. How do you how do you visualize that? Uh, uh, you know, as part of some of the earlier stages of this process, and I was very impressed. So. 
uh, it's definitely yeah, something. Thanks. Yeah, it's definitely. I, I again, I mean, I'm I'm in this kind of role where you know, as an enterprise architect, and and you know, been playing this for for quite some time, and it's always been hard, right? It's it's always been hard, mm-hmm. you know, from from me and my perspective, kind of working with business uh, stakeholders and leaders. Often in the companies I've been at, they're the ones that have some of these ideas, right? They're on the business. They have right. to, they've got targets. They've got all these uh, goals at, at a higher level and, and they're, they even struggle, right? And then, you know, they talk to kind of an enterprise architecture because you're kind of bridging technology and the strategy and all of that. And it's, it's, it's always very, very hard, you know, sans a framework that you can leverage and, and reuse and, and do that. So I, I think there's a lot of value um, in what you're offering and what you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get out there and teach people which is super, wow. super awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Great. Do you have any just other tips or tricks for, or just resources that, that you found helpful outside of your framework and all of that for, you know, both individual contributors at companies, uh, you know, more director level folks that are also kind of all mm-hmm. interested in this, in this topic and innovation and all this, all this kind of stuff. I mean, uh, any good books, any good recommendations, websites that, that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So on on my website, uh, there will be <laughs> a, a book list. I think it used to get started. It's like five or six books that I think audience would would enjoy, and, and they could uh, you know get through those, and that would give them the background. But two of those books, I'll just give you now. I think I uh, did I talk about ideas are free. Ideas are free by Robinson. I think that's a good one. Uh, and then IT strategy by Mahalik. IT strategy, yeah. and then um, the Great Game of Business by Stack. So get through those in a week, and then <laughs> <laughs> I'm a speed reader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I'll definitely, uh, you know, in, in this podcast show notes, I'll link, uh, you know, to your website and, and to all of that so that you know, folks can easily find more information from you and, and get in touch awesome. with you. Um, you know, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I mean, I think this has been a great, uh, I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of stuff. I mean, again, these are one of this is one of these things where it's like the peeling of the onion, right? <laughs> I right, think you right, know, right. and and just getting your mind around kind of a, a better way of doing things, you know, a a way that you can potentially be more successful in you know taking that idea from just an idea to some execution and you know eventual success. And I think uh, this is definitely a good start. I think from my perspective, and it's very kind mm-hmm. of helped me. Is there anything that uh, you want to add that we didn't talk about that I didn't ask? Sure. Final last words. So if it's overwhelming, you don't worry. Start, you start just with your vocabulary. I'll give you two words to change. Ready? So the first word is project. So instead of using the word project, use the word investment idea. Well, that's actually two words, isn't it? I, <laughs> use idea. So instead idea. of project, use idea. Right. Um, and, uh, so, and then the second one is instead of funding a projects, you fund an idea, but no, not only that, you just, you fund experiments. Those two distinctions, I think will get you started. And there'll be a link to a short video on my, on my website. I, I gotta give you five words, you know, those are two of them. Okay. But if you just start with words and practice those, 
uh, it will start to move the the culture to you know what a lot of companies are doing now you know with with their agile experiment kind of culture on mm -hmm. this stuff mm -hmm. but yeah changing idea and experiment are the new words for project and i guess project right <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, that's, that's mm -hmm. good advice. Um, yeah. So, Hey, Paul, again, I really appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed the conversation and, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes and, uh, anybody that's interested, definitely get in touch with Paul and, uh, yeah, thanks again. Well, this is a lot of fun, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, really enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Startup or Startover podcast. Be sure to check out our website at startuporstartover.com. And we'll see you next time.